What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show on Sherdog.com. And today we're going to be previewing the big Bellator 279 card this weekend. But before we get into all that, I must tell you that BetUS.com is offering our listeners an incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for UFC Fight Nights, Lemos versus Andras. Use the code Sherdog and get $2,500 in extra money to make Fight Night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but they have loads of awesome parlays to choose from to bet live during the fights, and your winnings are paid within hours. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHERDOG. Right, everyone, let's get into this card. And you know what? Um, it's a very interesting card. You know, we had the... There's two Bellator cards this weekend. Uh, if you haven't seen the preview for the first one, I'm sure it'll be out uh, before uh, this uh, Bellator 278 uh, with the uh, flyweight title on the line. Obviously, on the top of this, we have the featherweight title on the line between Chris Cyborg and Arlene Blinko in a, in a rematch uh, of their bout. Um, and look, it's an interesting fight, an interesting first fight. I'll get to that at, in the uh, in the second half of this. Uh, but look, it's it's a big night. You know, it's a big weekend for, for women's MMA. Um Bellator have done a good job, and I look, the UFC have done a good job. Yeah, lots of places have done a good job, I think, of uh, promoting women's MMA over the last few years. And, you know, obviously taking, taking off Ronda Rousey. We, you know, we see Liz Carmouche, obviously the first woman to ever set foot in uh, in the UFC's octagon to fight. Uh, still there and still doing it at the very, very top. Who who would have thunk us back, to, back, back in, in, uh, after that fight that Liz Carmouche would outstay Ronda Rousey at the, at the top of the game in, uh, in mixed martial arts? But those are, uh, those are the way the, the, the breaks go, aren't they? But it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, it's great to see. And it's great to see, obviously, I mentioned in the last episode as well, uh, uh, in Hawaii and having something different, having a little bit of a different card as well. And one thing I think is, is, uh, very evident with Bellator, very interesting for Bellator at the moment is how they are kind of promoting their fights and promoting their fighters. Um, but the way they maybe should be promoting, the way they aren't promoting, like it, it feels a little bit. Um, when you ha- look, when you have fights like they had last weekend, Corey Anderson versus Nimkov, and um, and uh, Patricio against AJ McKee, where you know we're talking before those fights. Um, about the winner could be the best in their weight class in the world, regardless of promotion for both of those fights, and obviously Chris Cyborg as well at 145 pounds. You could you you know you could make that argument, obviously now that Nunes has lost, having beaten Cyborg and everything like that. Um, and it feels like it's the first time in a while that those arguments are even arguments, you know, and. That is a great thing for Bellator, and I'm not sure if they're taking advantage of it in the right way. It feels like they're kind of um, uh, they're they're not pretending they're at the dance. If you get me, <laughs> like they're they're it's it's not sitting easy with them. They don't know how to react. They're they're kind of they were comfortable with being number two in 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 a little way, I think. And the fact that maybe they are number one or, or could argue to be number one in certain ways, it's like it feels like they have to tell you that they're number one and they can't just let it be, which I suppose is what promotion is in a way, but also maybe um, <laughs> if you were happy or settled in that position, you wouldn't need to to, to promote it. It just would be it. But um, I think Chris Cyborg does a great job of, of promoting herself as well. 
And, you know, obviously I'm recording this a little bit early, but by the time the card comes, I'm sure people will be looking forward to this card and, you know, the, the card from uh, from the day before as well, because I think there's some very good talent on the cards and, and up and down uh, there are some uh, some very interesting matchups as well. Let's run through some of the undercard here on uh, Bellator 279. Um, so if you look at the, the start of the card... Um, uh, Simuko Inaba starts it off as well. And look, this is something I talked about as well uh, yesterday with uh, w- with the card. A lot of Hawaiian talent. And obviously, she is fighting out of uh, out of Hawaii as well in the flyweight division. Trino, sorry, more than Trino. Lo- loads of fights as, as an amateur. Had one loss as an amateur. But Trino as a pro. Uh, all stoppages. Um, she won her last fight back in October against uh, Randy Field, and I was I was pretty impressed with her uh, in that one. Like talking about that before and afterwards as well. Um, she's going to be fighting uh, Whitney Piles this weekend, who has a three and four record. But if you look at her record, uh, her last four fights, she's three and one, and that's you know that's that's a mark of someone as well. I think when they had a bad start to their career. They come back and they have uh, a few good wins. Her first loss as well was to you know Aaron Blanchfield, who's in the UFC at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. But her last two wins then as well. She won her last two in a row. So one of them was on LFA. So this is a big fight for her. Uh, and obviously she will be the underdog here, I would guess, against the hometown favorite, who is 3-1 um, um, in her, or 3-0 in her career. Sorry, Randy Field, who I mentioned, actually, is also on this card. Uh, she's fighting uh, Mariah Miller. Uh, in uh, in the third fight on the uh, on the night, uh, you know, Field is, is two and one, having lost uh, in Abba, her, her only loss uh, in in her last fight. Uh, Miller one and one, so we'll we'll see from her. She's fought in um, Combatia Global a couple of times, so it'll be interesting to see how that one uh, goes. Got submitted in the second round last time out. Big fight here as well that I think, and may, maybe it's you know it's on on the the Sherlock page here. It's the second fight at night. You know, we are a bit out from Bellator. So, you know, Bellator are changing their cards all the time, so you never know. Uh, Diana Silva fights Janae Harding. Now, just talk quickly about Silva first. Uh, she's 9-7 and, and seven in her career with um, seven wins via decision and five of the losses by decision as well. So that, that tells you a lot, I suppose. Lost her last two fights to Arlene Blinko and went to a decision with Julia Budd in, in 2021. Not a lot of people are doing that. So, you know, that's, that, that's I suppose, a, a good sign for her, although she did lose to, to Blinko in the third round. So, she, look, she went a couple of rounds with her as well. She fought in the Dana White Contender Series, uh, the Brazilian version in uh, 2018. You know, she fought... Jennifer Myers. Well, so she, she's a very, very uh, fought Juliana Lima back in 2011 as well. So she's been around for a long time. Made her um, made her debut against Karina Dam in 2009. So it's been a long, long career for her. Um, and at ter- oh, she's only 31 years of age. I mean, that means she made her debut what 18 or something like that. So that's that's a very interesting one. But Jenny Harding is really the story here. You know, um, it, six and six in her career. It just it feels like that's wrong you know and I, I think there's a couple of, of women like that in Bellator I think Sinead Kavanagh is another one that her uh, and obviously it's better now cause after she beat uh, she beat Liam McCourt last time out but her um, record just seems a little bit wrong uh, obviously Arning lost to Liam McCourt when she was winning the fight last time she got submitted back in May of last year and it looked like you know if she was going to win that fight she would have been fighting for the title so this is a big fight for her to get back into winning ways as well and if she does win it you know there aren't many women in that division 
left that Cyborg, you know, hasn't uh, hasn't fought yet. You know, she's rematched against Arlene Blinko. They're saying Sinead Kavanaugh is going to be next in line, but Sinead Kavanaugh is only out of surgery. So when is she going to fight? They're talking about her fighting in Dublin. You know, I don't think Cyborg is coming to Dublin. You know, she's refused once before. I don't know if she'll do it again. So if Blinko is there and she has won this fight and maybe won another fight after it, she could really put herself uh, in a position to get that fight. You know, she has a win over Sinead Kavanaugh uh, as well in in that fight. It, it was a cut and, we, you know, everyone knows what happened in that fight, but it's she she has lost to Blinko, so maybe if Blinko wins the title, which, you know, will be obviously very tough to do, but uh, you look at her records. Well, I mentioned all the fights. She lost to Megan Anderson as well in her opening, uh, open bout of her career. So I think she needs this win. Obviously, the Sinead Kavanaugh win is a very good win. But she has a lot of talent. You know, you saw in that Liam McCourt fight, she can hit hard. She's, you know, she's durable. Okay, she got caught. She got hit with a big, big head um, up kick in that fight and, and got submitted. And it was kind of a shock comeback, an unbelievable comeback from Leah McCourt. You know, I think Leah's showed in her last two fights what uh, what durability and what, what heart she has, I suppose, as well as uh, an, an improving skill set all the time. But Harding, I wouldn't write Harding off in that division at all. And this is a this is definitely a big fight for her and a, a fight for the uh, for the division uh, as well. Um the next uh, fight in on the uh, undercard, another Hawaiian, uh, Kanoni Diggs. He takes on uh, Bobby King. Um, you know, he's 9-1 now in his career, but his last fight was that loss to Daniel Veitchel by a split decision. He's some good wins before that beat, you know, Derek Campos and Scotty Howe and, and a few others fighting a lot in, in LFA and in other places as well, King of the Cage. Uh, Bobby King has been around for a good bit now, 15 fights since making his debut back in... Uh, 2016 you know we probably remember best that fight against Nick Newell and he beat Steven Seiler as well but that win the last time out I think he was a big underdog against uh, Avi Ghazali last time out and he ended up winning that that was only in February so uh, quick turnaround uh, enough here for for him Um, and it's a big fight he lost to Alexander Shabley before that but lots of people I suppose have Um, I think it'll be a very interesting fight and you know the the hometown guy maybe will get a will get roared over the line there, but by no uh, no easy means. What a fight this is! Emmanuel Sanchez versus Yancy Medeiros. My God, that's uh, <laughs> that's a very very interesting one. Emmanuel Sanchez haven't you know I've I know I'm obviously known Emmanuel Sanchez for years, but haven't started covering these Bellator cards here for sure, dog. He's a guy that's really kind of stood out to me and been very interesting in terms of the way he fights and his fights. Now he's lost his last three in a row, but. He's usually exciting, and he's a very, very good fighter. You know, losing to Kennedy, Burnell, and, and Patricio, obviously, you know, lot, most people are. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say, I use that phrase again. But he beat Georgie Carcanyan before that, and Daniel Veitchel, and Sam Cecilia, and a few others as well. Joe beat George Carcanyan twice, actually. Um, so he's a very, very good fighter. And Yancy Medeiros, we've known Yancy for years. Obviously, hasn't fought since the the middle of last year, and it was. You know, he, he fought once in 2021, once in 2020, once in 2019, once in 2018, twice in 2017. And that's five years ago now at that stage. And he's lost all of those fights in 18, 19, 20 and 21 to uh, Hanzovic, Venata, uh, Gillespie and Cerrone respectively. So, you know, this is a big fight for him. Obviously gone out of the UFC, been in the UFC for a long, long time since coming over from uh, from Strikeforce. Strikeforce? Strikeforce back in... Uh, 20, uh, 2013, he actually had three years off then as well, between 20, 2010 and 2013, so, you know, he, I think he's the, this could be his last fight, win or lose, um, fighting out of Hawaii, obviously he'll want to, he'll want to win this fight, it's difficult to know where he's going to be in his career, you know, 
um, at this stage because it felt like he was retired. I don't know if he did. It might be a hashtag MMA retirement here if he retired before uh, or he's after his last fight or not. But uh, I think Sanchez is in, you know, the the maybe not the prime of his career, but he's right there and he's fighting regularly all the time. And I'm not sure if Medeiros is still at that level or not yet. I would probably pick Yancey to win the fight uh, if I thought he was at his very, very best. And if he is close to that, I think he, you know, I, I would maybe favor him as well. But I think I'll go for, I think I'm going for Sanchez in this one. Look, Maderas is not going to come out here and uh, have a boring fight, I don't think, or, or want to have a boring fight either. And I think Sanchez will probably be the same. So I think the two of these guys are going to go hell for leather. They're going to go all out and there's going to be a, a bit of standing and banging in this one. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Another thing that could be interesting as well and more fun is betting over at betus.com and UFC Fight Night Lemus versus Andras. Use the code Sherdog and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. And Draj at the moment is the clear favourite, and I'm sure Cyborg will be as well. So get in now or even choose to bet inside the distance. Increase your winnings. At BetUS.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHERDOG, S-H-E-R-D-O-G. Right. Uh, next few fights here on the line. Uh, Gaidi uh, Yamauchi is fighting uh, Levan uh, Coachelli. Uh, Levan uh, coming out of Georgia. There's lots of great fighters coming out of Georgia at the moment. He's only lost it's to Kyle, Kyle Crutchmere, uh, who is obviously a, a top, top fighter and, uh, you know, is a very, very good wrestler. I remember talking to uh, Miles Price about him and, and talking about how good of a, a fighter he is all around. So Tony lose to him is pretty, pretty good. And, uh, you know, a guy with like heavy, heavy hands, nine of his 10 fights, finishing by a by a KO uh, only lost by decision as well so he can take a shot whereas Yamauchi you know submission artist 20 of his 26 finishing by a submission 2 by KO and only 4 decisions in his career last time out was one of those KOs over Christopher Gonzalez lost to Dan Murray before that but he submitted Darren Krushank he submitted Syed Awad uh, beat Daniel Weichel as well uh, after uh, the Michael Chandler loss but you know I, I was very impressed with Adam Piccolotti the last time he fought and Yamauchi has a, a submission win over him as well so I uh, I really like Yamauchi I, I like I think I, he reminds me a little bit of, of Gunnar Nelson it's funny I think he's trained a little bit at SBG as well uh, before um, if he can get the fight to the ground he is deadly there he's a good look he's a good striker as well he can fight everywhere but I think sometimes he struggles. Maybe he's not. Um, he's maybe he's just not quick enough, or he's not like, like I talked about it with Aljamain Sterling last week or two weeks ago at this stage uh, against uh, against Yan. He kept looking for that takedown over and over and over and over nonstop, and it feels like lots of fighters these days won't do that. And like Sterling, what was he, two of nineteen or something? But those two takedowns won him the fight because of all the damage and control he had. Uh, not the control, sorry, but he had control plus damage. <laughs> I, I I get into a, a judging debate here very quickly with myself, uh, but. That the point I'm making is you you win fights underground if you are very good underground, but getting it to the ground might be the issue. And if you kind of give up on it at times, that's not great. And I think Yamauchi at times kind of does that, and he he's maybe a little bit too fond of his striking and too fond of keeping it on the feet where you need to get the fight to the ground and you need to do it at all costs, maybe. And those you know fighters like that 
can be a little bit frustrating at times, you know. Um, and I think maybe he is one of them, and he is a guy that I think could go to another level or could fight for a, a belt maybe in Bellator or, or get to, you know, get to a, a contender fight or something like that. But he's, you know, fighting against Koscielny uh, will be tough, especially if it's on the feet, because we know, you know, as I said, nine knockouts in, in ten fights is uh, is always interesting. So let, let's see how that um, how that one plays out. In the featherweight division, and we've Justin Gonzalez against Kai Kamaka, the third. You know, Kamaka, another uh, Hawaiian fighter here. Uh, he be- uh, beat he beat uh, John De Jesus uh, in his uh, in his last fight after a draw and a couple of losses. Uh, before that, um, you know, he was in the UFC and obviously signed with Bellator. Now that last fight w- was in Bellator, and you know, he he managed to get one win against Tony Kelly in the UFC, who's gone on and, and done pretty good things over there. But this is a big fight for him as well. Again, Justin Gonzalez, who's twelve and one uh, in his career, uh, lost to Aaron Pico last time out in a in a very good fight. To be honest, he, he gave Aaron Pico uh, some issues in that he beat you know Zach Zane, who uh, was it on this preview or I think it was the last he's fighting on the, the card before this. Was a very very good fighter as well in Dana White Contender Series and um, you know to one and one now in Bellator beating Tywin Claxton, but he. I like him. He's a he's a good fighter, and I think that will be a very interesting matchup and a good a good test for him there. But I would favor him to beat uh, Kai Kamaka at this stage of his career. Um, we're getting to the bigger fights now, but Lance Gibson Jr. Obviously, you know the the son of of Lance Gibson, um, Julia Bud is his uh, is his stepmother, I believe. You know, and we we talked uh, last week about AJ McKee and you know having your father kind of be the guy who takes you to that next level and being an MMA fighter from the very start. I think Lance Gibson is, is a guy like that. He's very, very good. And you know, was he, I'm not sure it was his last fighter fight before where he had it tough. You know, it's someone gave a bit back to him, but he was able to kind of come through it. And, you know, very good wrestler, good striker, all, you know, well-rounded, uh, his opponent, obviously fighting out of Hawaii as well. Now young Doug, I don't know too much about him. Uh, to be honest, he fought, uh, in Bellator back at around this time last year, he's fought Zach Zane as well and lost to him uh, in um, you know in his second Bellator fight. So he's two and two in Bellator. Sorry, three and two in Bellator. So this is a, a big fight for him, and we'll see where it takes. But I think it's going to be a very very tough one. I expect uh, Lance to to get through this one as well. Right, over oh, into the big fights now. Kyoji Haraguchi versus Patchy Mix. God Almighty, what a fight this is! Uh, you know we we've seen. We've seen the, the kind of the best and worst in Har- of Haraguchi, I suppose, over the last while. He's had bad injuries. He's had some great wins. He's obviously taken that big spinning back fist KO to, uh, to Sergio Perez. Lost to Kaya Sukara before that, before coming back and beating him as well. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Haraguchi is one of the best in the world, but... I think the I think look I think the biggest issue for Haraguchi here is he's fighting at one thirty five and not fighting uh, down at one uh, one twenty five anymore. But having said that, you know he obviously championed at that weight class and in was he in, in Bellator? He was wasn't he when he beat Caldwell and obviously he was off for a good while after that because of uh, of the injury. But um, it's it'll be interesting to see him coming back here, bouncing back from that. It was only in December and that was a heavy KO. Uh, and he's look he's had five months off. Is that enough? Uh, going in there against a guy like Patchy Mix, I'm not sure. Now, Patchy Mix is maybe the opposite side of it. He missed weight. I was there, when he, you know, right, standing right in front of him, uh, covering the wins when he missed weight in, in Dublin for uh, for the James Gallagher fight. Um, 
so let's see if he can get on the scale and make weight this time uh, because you know if he doesn't I don't know what to, maybe maybe I should have asked maybe I should look up the rules but I'm sh- I, do, do you go through to the next round if you miss weight I, I don't know if you do maybe you probably shouldn't but um, that's the first uh, issue for him and also he probably got you know with, with Sergio out of this uh, as well he probably got the toughest matchup in terms of who you could draw in this tournament uh, by getting Kyochi Haraguchi like if you look at Patchy Mix, obviously he's very, very good um, on the ground, 11 submissions, and he's 15 wins. But I, th- I think he's a good fighter on the feet. Like, he's not... He's a good fighter on the feet, but not a great fighter on the feet. I think Karaguchi will be too fast for him and too technical and too skilled for him. Um, and look, I, you'd have to favor Haraguchi to win this fight, I think. But there are question marks over him. Like, if Mix hits him with a big shot or big knee or a big kick or something... Will he be able to, to stand up to that after that big knockout? No, like, it it only takes one knockout to change someone's career, and he's had two big knockouts in his last two fights, and there's been, or last three fights, sorry, and there, there's been time between them, but I, I it's it's weird. I, I sound like I'm questioning Haraguchi here, and I'm not really, but maybe I am, maybe I am in a way as well. I, I think, um, look, it's for Patchy Mix, as I said, making the weight, getting on the scale is massive, but this is the biggest fight of his career. You know, if he wins this, it'll be... On to the next level, like beating Bandez, beating Morales, beating Gallagher, you know, he lost to Arch- Archuleta, you know, all big opportunities. And, you know, the Gallagher won maybe, you know, fighting in Dublin and everything. Uh, and it was a good back and forth fight, ended up getting the submission, obviously, in the third round. That's big for him because, you know, he said, I-, I asked him before that fight um, about going in with the crowd and everything like that. And he said, nah, nah, I, you know, I fought in... Uh, he fought in Ryzen, didn't he, in front of 45,000 people or whatever it was. He's like, I won't care about 9,000 people in Dublin. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, well, I did care. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty hard. So, look, fighting against Haraguchi, uh, I, I, it won't phase him in that way, I think. I think he'll be mentally ready for it, and he'll need to be. And he need to be physically ready, ready as well. But, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting fight, and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it. This this tournament is, is great. It's really, really good. Um... Uh, then we have uh, Elimele McFarlane against uh, Justine Keish. Um, you know, McFarlane, obviously, the uh, the former champion at the weight class, Justine Keish. I've always had a, a kind of a soft spot for Justine Keish um, coming over from the UFC. She lost to Deanna Bennett last time out after a couple of losses in, in the UFC. Elimele McFarlane, this is her first fight since losing the title back around when was it December 2020 so Jesus nearly it's what a year and a half now uh, at this stage uh it's it's you know it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how she looks what improvements she's made where where her game is at the moment um like Justin Keish is the type of fighter who you know who will put it on her who will make it tough for her you know who is used to going to a decision, used to going, um, you know, used to going the distance, used to go into go going long, you know, um, and I, I think if Keish can do that, if she can get her game plan on, she can cause her a few problems. Uh, but overall, I think Elimele McF- McFarlane is just she is a better fighter, and I, th- I I do think she will win that fight. But there's a lot of things to answer for her in this fight, um, like. She probably be, look. It's in her hometown as well. She's uh, obviously a Hawaiian, um, and that obviously help her an awful lot as well. But if she can win this fight, um, 
if she can win this fight, it will be a fight that might win her a title shot in Hawaii as well, if you get me. Like, I think the Hawaiian crowd behind her, um, the the reaction that she will get will just be massive. It will be absolutely massive for her, and it'll be massive for Bellator, and be massive, you know, for <laughs> for for the sport in general, I think. Um, so... You know, it's it's a big fight, a massive fight for Liam Lemmerfern, a massive fight for Bellator as well. It might seem like it is, but I, I do think it is. And look, if she wins it, it will be uh, it'd be very very interesting. Um, the next fight in on the card is you know you'd almost forget that I, I mentioned Sergio Pettis is out, but the uh, the bantamweight interim bantamweight title is on the line here uh, between Rafi and Stats and uh, and Juan Arculeta. Uh, and you know, I, I was looking at it here on, on the car, and I was like, "Oh wait, yeah, it is." So it's uh, it's that's going to be an interesting fight. Juan Arquileta, you know, he lost to Pettis last in his last fight in, back in the summer last year. You know, he's a win over Patchy Mix, a win over uh, Henry Corrales, and he's a very good, well-rounded fighter. Eleven KOs, um, thirteen submission wins in in his career, and Stotts has just been unstoppable looking 17 and 1 he's only lost to Mirab Dashvili back in uh, Ring of Combat in 2017 and he's beaten you know Caspel he's beaten Keatley he's beaten Josh Hill and Magomed Magomed of that win uh, best in that alone he has to be favoured against Arcoleta I think he nearly has to be favoured for this tournament he's a, such a good fighter unbelievable wrestling very good on the feet and you know Arculeta is good hands and a good fighter and well rounded and you know I mentioned I talked about his record there a second ago uh, as well and you know the, the guys who he's beaten very very good Ricky Mandeas as well you can add that to the list as well as Eduardo Dantas and Robbie Peralta and other others as well um, but I think Stats is Stats to me after that Magomed Magomedov fight, he has to be seen as on another level. He has to, like, to, to see what Magomed Magomedov did against Peter Yan and beating Peter Yan, but in his career as well, I haven't watched a good bit of him now at this stage. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Look, Stats is 33 years of age as well. He's fighting out of Rufus Sport, which is very interesting, considering so is Sergio Pettis, who obviously is out injured and, and will be back maybe towards uh, the end of the year, early next year. Like, if he comes through this tournament, it's probably going to be teammate against teammate, which is a very interesting part to it as well. But look, I, I think Stotts on the feet, uh, I, I think he will fight this fight a lot on the feet if, if he wants to. But he, uh, like, Looking at him as well, I went back and watched uh, what, what fight was it? Let me just look here. I don't know. One of his fights earlier on. I watched watching so many fights now as well. I think the threat of the takedown makes him even better on the feet because it's always there, you know. And it's all like, like look at Habib against McGregor too. The threat of the takedown got McGregor knocked down hard in that fight, and that to me is something which makes that's very good. And it's a reason I think that Arcaleta will be a little bit more. Uh, thoughtful in his striking and it might work out well for him because I think he's best when he's coming forward and you know you know fighting out of Joe Daddy Stevens I'm just looking here he's you know that's the type of fighter he is <laughs> you know and he's, he's one of them and a very very good fighter you know 20 25 and 3 that record is not to be stiffed at but I think a lot of stats and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that fight in, in the coming event the main event though is, is uh, Chris uh, Christina Justina Cyborg against Arlene Blinko. I went back and watched their previous fight this morning. And you know what? Blinko actually did okay early. She was landing some nice jabs. Uh, she was taking cyborg shots. She was landing one or two down through the middle. The only problem is 
She was good offensively, but defensively, it was it was impossible to defend Cyborg. Cyborg absolutely mullered her with um, leg kicks early. Just just destroyed her with leg kicks early. And it was one of those fights you you watch it and you just think, God almighty, what can Blinko do here? And, you know, in the end, she really couldn't do anything. He ended up getting uh, choked out with a, uh, a rear naked choke, as I just bring up the record here. What it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. Um, like, you, you look at that fight and you think, what can Blinko do the next time around? And the Sinead Kavanaugh fight as well. Because if you look at Sinead against Cyborg, she landed a couple of hard shots. The problem with Cyborg is you can land on her, as Blinko has shown, as Sinead has shown, as Amanda Nunes obviously showed very well. But to beat her and not and hit her harder than she hits you, you have to be something very special, like Amanda Nunes. Uh, is Blinko that? I I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think she has the power. But <laughs> she she did hit her a few times in the first fight. It's like the Sinead Kavanaugh fight as well. If you go back and watch that, and like Sinead can hit hard. You know, she's a, a multiple time Irish uh, women's boxing amateur champion. Because not like she's gone in there against people who can't hit or anything like that. Um, I, I don't I don't think Blinko has that power, but she did hit her in the first fight. She'll probably hit her again in this fight, but I think Cyborg as well, when she got that fight to the ground, there was such an advantage there and such a um you know, such a difference between them that if she does get hit a couple of times, she always has that takedown and she always has the advantage on the ground. I actually, like, I enjoyed that fight the, the last time I went into the second round. I feel like it could be similar this time. I, I think Blinkow, I think she needs to pick her shots a little bit more. Like, I think if, if Sinead fought against uh, Chris Cyborg again, I would actually probably, tell, you know, I think the right thing to do would be go out and try to hit her again the way she did. But I think for Blinko, I think she needs to be a little bit more patient, land a few more jabs, try to maybe even jab and kick the body of Cyborg, make it difficult for her, wear herself out a little bit. And maybe the more Cyborg gets worn out, a few better cardio on her door shots will add up later on in the fight. But look, I'm saying that and I don't really believe it. <laughs> Honestly, Cyborg is going to come out here. She's going to kick that leg. She's going to kick the body. She's probably going to kick the head. And she's going to throw one-twos down the middle, bloody her up you know, hurt her badly and, and end up finishing her. I think it'd probably be a KO or a TKO this time as opposed to the uh the, the submission last time. So look all in all, very, very good card. Uh, those top uh you know four fights uh, the, uh are all very good. Are all very good and uh, there's some very good ones underneath it uh, as well. Uh, before we go, I'm going to ask you, who are you betting with uh, this week in the Bellator and in the UFC fight night between Lamas and Andrade? Can Lamas uh, beat the odds? Can Blinko beat the odds? Or is it just going to be a, um, a walkover for Cyborg or for Andrade? Or are they going to win by TKO? Is that a given? Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years. And there's a reason. It's the number one UFC sportsbook. With more betting options, live betting at games, you, BetUS.com is your new home for UFC betting. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHARDOG. All right, everybody, that's it for me, Sean Sheehan here for SureDog.com. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and I'll see you all next time.